Thank you. Good morning, good morning. Wow, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. What a treat to be back here at Valley Church and and just uh, Pastor Lynn and Renee, love you guys and your team and what you, your yes to Jesus and got a great leadership team here and I mean, just felt the presence of the Lord this morning. Man, oh man. How many know that doesn't happen automatically? (laughs) Somebody's praying, somebody's seeking. And and it's just so struck by what what I love about corporate worship in song and even some of the songs we sing and, you know, every knee's going to bow. And the, the cross is the great equalizer. It's a great equalizer between rich and poor, every race, between the high and mighty, between those who don't have much. Uh, it's the equalizer uh, of us all. And, and it's humility. It's, and we honor Jesus. We're not, we're not people led by ourselves, but we're people who understand that we've been created and created for a purpose. And we submit to that. Wow, I just, I love that. I've got a great team with me. I want the three of you guys to stand up. I got uh, Karina, Jeff, and Betsy. They are from Reading, the church I'm a part of, Bethel Church in Reading. And um, Jeff and Betsy ministered so powerfully yesterday in the school of ministry here. And just uh, such a great, um, yeah, her heard some powerful things about that. And then Karina is a third-year student at the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry in Reading, and she's serving on our team and is such a blessing. And Betsy and Karina are going to help me close today, uh, and we're looking forward to that. My wife, Wendy, could not be here. She was planning on it, and she's, she's just battling some physical things, but she has given me a report. She is feeling much, much better. So thank you for that. And one of the the joys, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Caldwell is a very uh, special city to me. And I pray over this city more than most cities. Because my my son Kyle and his wife Amanda and um, their children, their two sons, uh, Case and Zane. Why don't you guys stand up and just I want to honor you guys. Yes. They're... They live here in Caldwell, and Kyle's a fifth grade teacher at Washington Elementary, uh, and Amanda's a speech therapist there, and so they are serving so well in your city, and just uh, so proud of them, and let me think if there's any other preliminaries. I've got a, a word today that I'm, I'm really excited about releasing And I would call this a prophetic word for 2024. How many of you know that uh, in Scripture, there's there's great principles that are going to apply with whatever season it is, whatever year it is. I mean, they're going to work, and it's it's teaching, and, and we need teaching, and but the prophetic, the part of the prophetic ministry in Scripture is to highlight what is a now word 
for this season. It's, in the Old Testament, it talks about um, a group of people called the sons of Issachar. And in 1 Chronicles 12, verse 32, it just, it, there's a list of all these tribes and groups, and, and it talks about the sons of Issachar, and it says they understood the times. They understood the times and knew what Israel was to do. And it's important that we understand the times. How many of you know God's got a fresh word for every year? How many of you know the Lord is optimistic about 2024? He's got a plan. He's not up in heaven right now just saying, oh, no, things are so bad in the world. I just don't know what to do. Why don't we just laugh at that? <laughs> He's got a plan. And it says in Matthew 4, 4, it says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds of the mouth of God. It's interesting that the, the Greek word for word there is rhema. There's two, there's two Greek words that are translated word in the New Testament, the main words. One is logos, one is rhema. In John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The, the, in the beginning... The, it says the Logos was with God and was God. And the Logos is more of the general overall word of God. Whereas a rhema word is the now word that God has spoken to our hearts. It's the same word that's used in Ephesians 6.17 where in the armor of God, it's listing all the pieces of the armor of God that we're to put on. And it says, take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, which is the rhema of God. Take it up. It's the only offensive weapon we have. We fight with what we believe God has told us. We fight. And the fight's mainly in our thinking. That's where the battle is. Because the devil's the father of all lies. And so his, his main uh, weapon is to have us to believe lies about ourselves, about our future, uh, uh, etc. Paul told a young leader in 1 Timothy 1.18, he told him this, he said, war, a good warfare. How many of you know a good warfare is a warfare you win? Hmm? Does that make sense? War, a good warfare, according to the prophecies spoken over you. He said, I want you to fight young leader Timothy you need to know what God has spoken to you and fight with that. And so I'm going I'm to submit to you today just what, I, what I'm hearing for 2024. Now, I believe that 2024 is the year where God is supernaturally multiplying what we dedicate to him. It's the year of God supernaturally multiplying what we dedicate to him. And I want to use a, a familiar story to most of us. Uh, it's the story of the feeding of the 5,000 in Matthew 14. I like this story. And 
it, it, it's kind of a funny story in how the disciples respond and, and what happens. But I believe that there's great prophetic truth uh, in this story for, for this hour. So it says, in, in starting with verse 13, when Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude. Just say great multitude. And he was moved with compassion for them. I want to let you know the Lord is moved with compassion for you. That makes me happy. He was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. By the way, the Lord's healing people today. He's healing people's bodies. He's healing people's emotions. He's healing relationships. Because that's what he does. When it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, This is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus, how I many know Jesus often has a different perspective? <laughs> Jesus has a different conclusion. You know, we're, we're, our, our thinking is landlocked, and Jesus is trying to expand how we actually see things. By the way, this year the Lord is expanding how you see things. He's moving you out of logical thinking into supernatural thinking. Mm. They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. <laughs> I like this. How many of you know Jesus believes you have more in you than you probably believe? Mm. And they said to him, we have only five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them here to me. By the way, that's going to be a key phrase. Bring them here. We're, we're going to bring some things to the Lord today. We're going to bring what, what we think is small. We're going to bring what we think is inconsequential to meet the needs uh, that are in society, that may be in our family, that, that may be in our cities. And, and he says, bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. He took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitudes. It's interesting. We give something to Jesus, and he gives it back to us to do something with. Someone just go, hmm, 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 So they all ate. Say they all ate. They all ate and were filled. Wow. And they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. Now, how many of you know 
when you bring things to Jesus and you give it to him, uh, you get more back. That's good news. I love uh, Luke 6.38. It says, give and it will be given to you. Press down, good measure, overflowing with the measure you use, be measured back to you. It's interesting, that verse isn't talking about finances. It's talking about, earlier it says, forgive and you will be forgiven. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. And it's talking about giving things that maybe we don't normally think about giving. But when we give what we have to the Lord, it not only meets needs, it gets multiplied back into our lives. How do you know that the principles of the kingdom are pretty powerful? The spiritual laws of the kingdom. Because the, the, there's, there's spiritual laws that are just as real as natural laws, like the law of gravity. And now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. And it's estimated that they think that there was um, fifteen to 20,000 people there. I mean, other, other gospels talk about the same story. And they, Philip in one of them says, hey, it would take a whole year's wages to feed this many people. Now, we, we live in an hour where the, the needs are, <clears throat> that we're facing seem overwhelming. Where we're tempted to feel powerless by what's happening. What's happening in government, what's happening in the polarization of people, or what's happening in morality, what's happening in family life. Uh, what's happening in our, you know, uh, just in a secular mindset. And, and it almost feels like, like it's, it's Lord, we just want to send them away and somebody else take care of it. Ha <laughs> ha. And the Lord says to the church, you give them something to eat. You fix the problem. You're powerful. You're more powerful than you think. You're more powerful than you feel. Just say, I am powerful. powerful. And this is a year where I believe the Lord is going to cause us to attach faith to what we have. And, And to believe that what we contribute is going to make a supernatural difference. We're going to give it to the Lord, and he's going to supernaturally do things that we're just going to say, how in the world did that happen? <laughs> I remember years ago, I, I, as a young leader, I, I said, Lord, I can't wait until I, I can do something great for you. And he said, Steve, instead of waiting to do something great for me, why don't you attach great faith to what you're doing now and it'll become great? Why don't you attach great faith to the little things? You know, instead of waiting to believe you're significant later, why don't you believe you're significant now? Why don't you believe what you're doing now is making a difference? Because that faith is actually going to cause it 
to make a difference. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So just looking at this story, I mean, just uh, some conclusions I make is that Jesus believes we can meet seemingly impossible needs around us. Mm. Let me say that again. Jesus believes we can meet seemingly impossible needs around us. Secondly, we, we already have what is needed to make the difference. Just say, I already have it. Say, we already have it. And the little brought to Jesus makes a big difference. And then lastly, just on this story is, this is a year to get, I've said this, but I want to say it again. This is a year to get out of our rational thinking to see the potential of what we have. The Lord is, I just, again, he's, I see him opening our eyes to see what's going to make a difference like never before. Now, other translations tell us it was a little boy who had all this. <laughs> Mom packed lunch. Mm-hmm. And, and he had it. And he, he had no idea what he had was going to make the difference. I don't care if you're a little boy, you're, you're uh, 90 years old. Uh, the Lord is going to use surprising people in this season. He's going to use people who don't even know what they have is so is going to make make the difference. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, I think he's talking about you. (laughs) So 2024 is the year God is supernaturally multiplying what we dedicate to him. Now, the word dedicate is an interesting word. Dedicate uh, means to decide that something will be used for a special purpose. To use time, money, energy, attention for something. I mean, there's, you know, you think about dedicating, I'm sure when this building was built, that there was a dedication service. Yep, it was dedicated to the Lord. Uh, it was official. It wasn't just, wow, we're going to build it and just, uh, you know, go on. No, th- there was a moment where you say, we're going to pause. We're going to declare this building is going to be used for the glory of God. And that's powerful. That's a, that's a powerful moment because something supernatural happens in the spirit when something is dedicated to God. Parents dedicate their children to the Lord. As that's a common practice in the church where we dedicate our children and we say, Lord, I realize that these are not my children, they're your children. And you, we are now commissioned to raise your children. So we dedicate our parenting to you. We dedicate them to you. There's 
There's dedication of people who go into the ministry. There's, there's uh, <coughs> commissioning services where people dedicate their life to the preaching of the gospel. Certainly the, 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 the biggest time of dedication is when we dedicate our lives personally to the Lord. God has no grandchildren. So it's all, it's all a personal thing where we dedicate ourselves. We say, Lord, I'm not going to live for myself. I'm going to live for you. And it's, it's powerful when those things are pronounced and decided upon and, and declared. And this message today is, you know, where, where I'm going with this is that where we're going to dedicate the things in our life to the Lord and say, God, I dedicate this for you to use for your glory. I dedicate my job. This is not just a job to make money. This, I believe, that I, I am here. I dedicate myself to your glory. Now, I'll tell you, when, when people do that, something supernatural happens. It, it is like, wow. Uh, the Lord, he's, he, he uses that. And what, what happens is that then he gets behind you in an incredible way for you to become what you thought you could never become. We, we dedicate other things to the Lord. We, like, it can be as simple as, I, Lord, I dedicate my car to you. Mm. Once we dedicate our car to the Lord, something happens. So when you dedicate your car to the Lord, something happens, is going to happen in your car after you dedicated it that, couldn't, that probably wouldn't happen before. Because you've said, God, I want this car to be for your glory. And I have a hunch your car's going to run a little longer, too. <laughs> our homes. We, we dedicate our, our skills. Our, our, whatever skill you have. Maybe writing. Maybe it's art. Maybe, maybe it's basketball. <laughs> I like Steph Curry. Anybody else like Steph Curry? Yeah, I like Steph Curry. Uh-huh. <laughs> Steph Curry, uh, he said this. He's a great basketball player for the Golden State Warriors. He loves Jesus. He said... Seth Curry believes God gave him his talent. Mm. And he wants God to get the glory for his success. Now, again, it got, got, when, when, we, when we're humble and we realize everything we have, we've been given. That's why I love, I like seeing athletes, you know, uh, you know they hit a home run, they point to heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get interviewed and they first want to give glory to God. Because it, it's, a, it's a part, it's a reminder. I'm not who I am to draw attention to me. I'm not trying to become famous. Uh, I'm trying to point people to him. And the more I acknowledge it's him, 
And certainly, I, he has to, I cooperate with him. He's given me gifts, so I don't want to have a false humility uh, on the other side. But what I'm, what I'm saying is, is that when we say, Lord, uh, I, I want to give you the glory. I believe you've given me my skills. I believe you've given me my, my college degrees. I believe you've given whatever it is, the favor that I have. And I want to use that for your glory. Something supernatural happens. It, it's, it's like there, there's a shift that happens from that point. Because we start living with purpose. We start living with a bigger view of what our life is really about. It's bigger than paying the bills. It's bigger than just getting by. And, and it puts us in a forward-moving uh, motion rather than just a survival reactive mindset. All right, you guys good out there? I think about others who dedicated themselves, like J.C. Penney. Anybody ever heard of a guy named J.C. Penney? He dedicated, he said, man, I, I want to dedicate my business to you. And, and, and what happened was, I mean, he's got stores all over the world. There's a guy named Blake Mykoski. He's the founder of Tom's Shoes. And, and he, he decided, as he dedicated his shoe company to the Lord, he said, for every uh, pair of shoes that I sell, I'm going to give a shoe, shoes to a child in need. You start dedicating yourself to the Lord, then you start getting ideas of how to uh, use your platform for the glory of God. And then you start getting generous, and then you find out that generosity that you can't outgive God. Hmm. Now, but many, you know, many of us don't even know, and it includes me, I didn't even know what I had. I, I didn't know that I even had any abilities or talents. I, I was, uh, when I was a senior in high school, I went to Fortuna High School near Eureka, California, and I didn't know the Lord as a teenager and I really didn't understand what I, I didn't think I had anything. I, I, I felt inferior to others in many, way, in many ways. And I remember my um, senior government teacher, Mrs. Riffenberg. Mrs. Riffenberg. <clears throat> I'm a senior and... She looks at me and she takes me aside for about one or two minutes and she says, Steve, I see you'd be good in government and politics. Basically, she said, I see a gift in you. I see a talent in you. I see something that's, you've got something. And man, that just blew me away because I didn't, I didn't realize that very few people had ever told me in fact, I can't remember hardly anybody who told me what they saw in me as potential or as a unique gift or special. And so because of that, I, next year in college, just because of one comment, I majored in political science in college. Just because of one comment, one person who actually looked at me. 
and said, I, I, I see something. And it reminds me of the story in, in 2 Kings 4, where there's a widow whose her husband, one of the sons of the prophets, has died, and she is in debt. And the creditors are coming and want to take her two sons as slaves to pay off the debt. And she has a, she meets with the prophet Elisha. And the prophet Elisha asks her a question. How many know God likes, when God asks you a question, he's not looking for information. He's, he's, when God asks you and I a question, he's setting us up for revelation. <clears throat> now, and so in verse 2 of 2 Corinthians 4, it says, um, it says, tell me, what do you have? And he goes, what do you have in the house? But the question is, what do you have? And this is going to be my question to you today. What do you have? What do you have? And, and, and I love, she, she starts off, I have nothing. I have nothing. But then, under the, in the presence of a prophetic anointing, she says, I have nothing except. Well, I do have something. Hmm, doesn't seem much. I have nothing except a little oil. Say little oil. Now, I want, I want, again, I want to remind you, God doesn't need much. Mm -hmm. And, and, and uh, you know, Jesus said, bring it here to me. And the story goes on where she gets all these vessels. The prophet says, go get as many vessels as you can. And uh, the oil that she had was supernaturally multiplied and poured into other vessels until there was no more vessels. And what happened was that the, all of that oil paid off her debt and Elisha said, live off the rest. Now we serve a God of overflow and abundance. When we start cooperating with him, something supernatural. 2024 is the year of God supernaturally multiplying what we dedicate to him. Someone say supernatural. <laughs> and the, 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 again, the, what do you have? Now, what I love about churches like this is because you, you get into the environment, uh, there, there's, a, there's a prophetic spirit that is present that helps us take off of where we believe we're at a disadvantage, what we don't have, to take us off the uh, mindset of lack, to actually see what we do have. Now, we all, we all already have it. Everybody in this room already has it. Just say, I already have it. You got, you, you know, we may not know what the it is yet, but we have it. <laughs> I might not know, but I, I have it. You got it. 
Yeah, we're not waiting for something out there where we've already got something to work with. Right now. And, and again, the, the, the devil wants to use negative comparison to blind us to what we actually do have. He wants us. That's why social media and everything, you know, you're feeding on that. It's a negative because you can see everybody in their best moments. Ha ha. <laughs> and it wants to continually send us the message we don't have it. Everybody's beautiful family, you know, everybody's airbrushed and, you know, yeah, just, yeah everybody's smiling. <laughs> Person's new car, all that. And, and, and it's all, you know, if, if we're not careful, we're going to receive the message. I have nothing. I don't have anything. I don't have anything of value. I'm less than. It's a lie. Yeah, somebody just laugh at that. I heard a chuckle. <laughs> it's a lie. And it's in the prophetic. Because, by, by the way, the Lord's breaking off the victim mindset in 2024. <laughs> the victim mindset... Uh, here, here's what the victim mindset. The victim mindset says, I am, an, I am at a disadvantage because of, and then fill in the blank. Whatever reason we believe we're at a disadvantage to other people is the victim mindset. And the, Elisha was helping the widow to break off the victim mindset. And... This is a year where, and there's, there's people in this room who are going to, I, I see one of your, there's a primary calling of you to break off the victim mindset of people Amen. and to help people understand they're not a victim, they're a victor. Amen. And we don't, we, it doesn't mean we don't hurt with people, we don't grieve with people, we don't have compassion, but, but ultimately we're not a victim. And also what I love about the prophetic is because, let me just say, once we start recognizing what we do have, and I want you to start thinking, um, what, what do you have? What, do you, what are you good at? What skills do you have? What, um, what resources do you have? What... Um, what abilities do you have? What kind of favor? Who, who do you have favor with? What, what do you have? Think about that for a moment. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna. to. Because I've asked people that question. You know, sometimes I'll say, what are you good at? And I, many times people are stumped. Oh. And it, it's so difficult at times for us, whether it's false humility, uh, whether it's um, just our upbringing, that for us to say, wow, I don't, it's difficult for us to say, I'm really good at this. Why don't you do this? 
turn to your neighbor and just tell them one or two things that you have that you're really good at or that you have as a resource that, that's good. Just, just take a moment. All right. What do you have? Wow, what do you have now? Now, what, what I want you to do, well, and just to, we're just going to pause for a moment. I want you just to tell the Lord that you dedicate that to him, that you, you're giving that to him for his glory. Just, just do it in your own way, however you do it. Just say, hey, God, yep, I dedicate that to you. Mm-hmm. Yep. I dedicate that to you in 2024 to multiply. Wow. I bring it to you. Here it is. Doesn't seem like much. According to the need that's out there, it doesn't seem, but, but I give it to you. I remember I did that with my love for sports. I, I like sports. Mm-hmm. Go 49ers. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's dangerous to say that. <laughs> my favor might decrease with a statement like that. But I remember when I dedicated that to the Lord. I said, God, I love, I like, but I, I give you, I dedicate it to you. I, 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 I bring it to you. And what's amazing, I've had so many opportunities through sports and got to coach my son Kyle and uh, others, and I, I've been able to impact so many lives through that dedication to him. He multiplied it. He multiplied it. And just, just conversations, praying for people, seeing people saved, uh, uh, other things. He multiplied it. He did more than I, th- I thought he ever could. I, I realized years ago that I'm a good encourager. I said, God, I dedicate my gift of encouragement to you. And, and I, 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 I want to, I'm bringing it to you. And you know what happened is uh, not only do I get to encourage people, but, but the Lord gave back to me prophetic insight on how to encourage. So it kept increasing, increasing new ideas, new ways of doing things. And so when we identify what we have and dedicate it, and then start using it and giving it and then attaching faith that it's going to make a difference. It gets multiplied into needs and back to you. David had a passion called slingshot. He's a teenage boy out with the sheep. Loves to worship, loves to take care of sheep, write music, but he also likes to play with slingshots. I really should, I really should be writing music or praying, but just a little bit more. Let me see if I can take off that sheep's tail. Psst. I 
Isn't it interesting that it, it was his so-called secular passion that he dedicated to the Lord that saved a nation? Isn't that interesting? Wow, it wasn't his worship. It wasn't just his leadership over sheep. It was something he dedicated. I'm going to do this for your glory. Tell the story, and then we'll wrap up and you know, pray over you. And then got my powerful team members going to release something. When you start, when you give yourself, when you start dedicating these things to the Lord, again, this, the supernatural not only happens in what you're doing and what you're touching, but it also happens in, in your thinking and your ideas. You start getting ideas. Just because you're forward moving. God, God gives you supernatural wisdom of how to take what you're doing to a higher level. And I, I, I've told this story here a few years ago, but I want to tell it again. There, there was a, a family reunion in the 1960s in Cocoa Beach, Florida, where a whole group of people were staying in a house. And at 2 a.m. in the morning, Grandma says, everybody get up. I've got a word from God. <laughs> and the word from God was to fill Coke bottles with hope-filled messages and throw them into the sea. Again, you start, you start dedicating yourself. You're going to get ideas outside of the box. And so I, this is in a book uh, by Dutch Sheets called The River. And he said that they threw 200 Coke bottles into the sea. That's a lot of Coke. And what happened was they got and they put encouragement on there and their address. And they got letters through the years about people who had found the Coke bottle at the right time. At the right time. And the final letter they received was from a mother, a woman in Ohio. Now, follow me here. It was winter. Her husband had died. Their farm was in foreclosure. She was going to cut a hole in the ice and commit suicide. And when she cut a hole in the ice, guess what popped up? A Coke bottle. Now, I don't know how a Coke bottle gets from Florida to Ohio. But when you... Start dedicating what you're doing to the Lord and you start giving him something to work with and you start putting something out there. God multiplies it and does things supernatural with those things that we cannot explain. And she wrote to them and said, I, I can live now. That's a sign. That's a sign from God. And I just hear over you, with what you have, start attaching faith to it. Start believing it's significant. Start saying, okay, Lord, all right, I'm doing this for your glory. Uh, if, if, you know, if you're on the job, you need to go to the, you know, in the restroom and point to the heavens like an athlete. Do that and say, God, it's for your glory. And, and I just see the Lord... 
just using you and using us. You put us all together in, in, in an incredible way. Again, we live in an hour where the needs seem bigger than the resources we have. And, and, and we as a church, as people say, we can't do anything about it. We're powerless. We need to send them away. <laughs> and the Lord says, you give them something to eat. You, you've got it. You've got it. And the Lord's going to incredibly use you this year. We are all significant. We, have all, we all have things to bring to Jesus. He will multiply what we bring to him. When we give our little by faith, it makes a big difference. And we are called to understand, to help others understand what they already have. We're called to identify and to speak into lives. I see a good thing in you. I see you got this. I see you've got an unusual ability here. I see it. Wow. We're called, that's called prophecy. We're speaking in the lives what the Lord, how the Lord sees them. So you guys good? So here's what I want to do. Close this part and then um, Karina and Betsy are going to come up and they're going to give a word to the church. Um, <clears throat> I just want you just to just bow your heads for a moment. And, and I want you... Um, I want you just to let the Lord just speak to you about this. You're all going to hear some different things, and, but what is, what is the Lord saying to you? And what is he just inspiring you to dedicate to him today? Just, and just do business with God right now. And just, just surrender those things and bring them to Jesus. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Hmm. Yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Some of you have big needs in your family. And the Lord is, the little that you have may seem so small, but it's going to be used supernaturally to bring breakthrough. Mm. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Here's what I want to do. If you just want to dedicate and you just want to just say, wow. All right, today, 
I dedicate or rededicate myself to live for the glory of God. And individual parts of my life, I want to surrender to him. I love the baptism. Because <laughs> it's such a, it's such a, speaks to us about surrender. And if you just say, Lord, here in 2024, at the beginning of 2024, of all the things I, I, I can give you and I, I want to give you, but first of all, I just in general just want to dedicate my life or just rededicate my life. Why don't you stand to your feet just right now? And just, just stand and say, Lord, here I, here I am. Use me for your glory this year. Use me for your glory. Mm, thank you, Father. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God doesn't need our ability. He just needs our availability. He just, when you, when you say, here, I bring myself to you, Jesus. Whoo! I remember when I did that as a, as a 19-year-old, I bring myself to you. I had no idea what he would do in my life. If somebody would have told me I'd be doing what I'm doing right now, I'd say, what have you been smoking? That's what I said. But, but he multiplied it. He multiplied it. And so many of you have the same testimony. Others of you are at the beginning of the journey. You're going to have that testimony as well. So, Lord, thank you for there's enough power in this room to change the whole world. You used 120 people in an upper room, and it shifted the world. There's more than 120 here. And Father, I, I bless, I thank you, and we just bless uh, each one in Jesus' name. Their, their lives, but their callings, their assignments, their jobs, their friends, their possessions, their skills. Thank you, Lord, for using those and multiplying them in this year and that we'll look back and we'll say, wow, look what the Lord has done. If you receive this message, say, I receive it. I'll never be the same again. Amen. Just give the Lord a shout of praise. And yeah. Yes, he's doing it. All right, you can be seated. Ladies, come on up. While they're coming on up, I've got a, yeah, just uh, got Betsy, got Karina. Yes. And I've asked them to pray about Valley Church. And I know Betsy, you're fired up. And I know Karina is too. And just share what, what they've heard over the church because part of what is going to come out of this is who you guys are. And I know there's visitors here as well. And just uh, there's going to be truths out of this for visitors as well. But this is going to be uh, help you understand what you have even at a higher level to attach faith to what you have and where the Lord's taking you. And it's going to be multiplied. So Betsy, you ready? <laughs> Everybody say hi, Betsy. Never done this before, so this is fun. 
um, I was praying for you guys this morning and um, I was reminded that Reading used to be called Poverty Flats and through the generosity and the culture of honor and wanting to bless the city um, people just have been so generous and started to sow into the city over and over into little little things like people paying for the other person's coffee and uh, people paying for rooms, for hotel rooms, or just small things even. I'll give you my movie tickets or things like that. And it has uh, was put in one of the national surveys, and it's one of the top five um, most generous cities in the nation. And it has gone from being poverty flats to multi-million um, dollar businesses. Um, we have different tons of schools and healing centers and different things that are bringing in and attracting wealth to the city. Um, but as I was praying for you guys, I felt like um, you are not called Poverty Flats. You are called Treasure Valley and that there is treasure in the land. Um, it reminded me of Ezekiel's uh, dry bones, prophesying to the dry bones. And I thought, oh, this is not a valley of dry bones. This is a treasure valley. Like you have things in the ground and the land and the humans that um, just need to be called forth. You just need to start declaring and prophesying uh, land you will Give up and release the um, treasures that are in you. Um, and then as I was praying for that, I felt like that, that sentence that says that one man's trash is another man's treasure. And I felt like Valley Church, and it's um, what you guys have cultivated here, is that you can take the broken and the discarded and the wounded and you create such a loving home that you take things and people that have been so hurt and treated like trash and love them in such a way that they become treasures. You really do see people as treasure. I've, it's beautiful to me to watch uh, you pastor your people. Um, but I feel like that's a, a thing corporately for all of you. You all do such a good job at loving one another. There is not a um, high or low or wealth. There's not a status or a division between man or female or wealthy or poor. Or um, There's just an, a one body, a unity, and I love it. Um, and then I was praying that um, in the land... In the Bible where it talks about it is the glory of God to hide a matter and the glory of kings to search it out. I just felt like the Lord said, you are kings and queens, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people set apart for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of the darkness and into the marvelous light, that you are the kings and queens that search out the matter, and you are the kings and queens that um, search out the treasures in the land, that there are this valley is filled with people that just need to be called into their right identity in Christ. 
They need to say, oh, you have this gift, and this is what I see in you. And then that reminded me of when Elisha's um, sitting in, um, and all of a sudden this army is attacking them, the Aramean army is attacking, and his servant is freaking out, going, oh my God, we're all going to die. That's not what he said, but basically. And um, Elisha just said, oh Lord, would you please open his eyes to see? And I felt like that was um, what the Lord was doing, that he is saying, I'm going to open your eyes so that you can see the treasure in the land. You can see that the, we have more for us than that is against us. And that we're going to do mighty things in the kingdom of God because God's power is coming in a mighty way. And then I had one final thing, is I felt like um, the, when we were driving around the other day and all the black soil, is that what it's called? That it's like one of the most fertile soil lands, or fertile grounds that the seeds are planted and it's the best soil in the world. Like, um, I'm new, I don't know all of this, but it, um, the Lord just spoke about the abundant riches in the soil and it reminded me of Matthew 14, 14 or 14.44, and I went to look it up, and it actually talks about a hidden treasure. And it says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which man found and hid again. And from joy um, over it, he goes and sells all that he has, and he buys that field. And I felt like there is a plot of land, a piece of land uh, that has treasure on it, and um, I feel like the expansion of the kingdom will happen and that there's a reason to buy and sell that land or to put your footprint on it. I feel like I walk my dog. Sorry, am I talking too long? Okay. I walk my dog every morning um, around the river and um, Reading and I feel like the Lord is saying that wherever you walk, wherever you stand, it is um, your righteous act to say, here and now is the kingdom of the Lord. That wherever I go, I have my little three-year-old used to say with her uh, class, wherever I go becomes a perfect health zone. God's in a good mood. He loves me all the time. There's nothing that separates me from his love. Um, I can do all things in Christ, that type of stuff. And so we just taught our kids to declare wherever you go, you have the power and authority to change things, that you are not the victim. And so I just pray that you would have the eyes to see that there is um, mighty authority in your presence and um, in your life um, to change the ground that you stand on and to call forth the beauty of the valley the uh, treasures in the valley. I think that's what I got. That was amazing. Oh my goodness. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I could just stand here and list so many things that you guys carry as a church. It's just a huge list. And... I was asking Holy Spirit to highlight what He wants to highlight to you today. And 
before I came, as I was praying for this church and asking the Lord what he wants me to release over you, um, he showed me so many things. But he highlighted your influence over family. But not just over family, um, over politics as well. Um, I see the Lord increasing your influence over politics in this state. You are sending, you, this is an apostolic house, we have no doubt. But you are raising people that will change, not just the, polit the politics in this state, but also in this country. So there is so much favor over this house. And God is multiplying the favor. Yeah. Um, I also really feel like honoring a group of people in this church. I've been talking about them a lot, but God showed me them in a vision. Um, if you're part of the prayer team, would you stand up, please? Yeah, there's in, in services as well. Thank you. Wow. These are warriors. And I got, before this, this service, I got to pray with them. And I, there was so much anointing in that room. And there is an increase in anointing over your lives. This year, God is multiplying the anointing. There is so much favorite for you to have your end, like your prayers answered. And God is multiplying that. But I also saw you passing the baton to the next generation. You are raising prayer warriors here. This house is a house of prayer. And nothing can stand against you guys. So I just want to honor you. I honor your love for this church, your love for your state, your love for the city, for your country, and your love for the nations as well. God sees you. God honors you. You might be backstage or, you know, but God sees you. God sees your prayers. So, Lord, I just bless your people with more fire, more revelation, Jesus, more strategies on how to pray. You carry strategic prayer and God is multiplying that today. So, Lord, I just bless what you're doing in them and through them in this place, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. What's that? Yeah. Guys, I have one more thing. Um, I saw the parable of the talents um, over you guys and as a church. And you are not the servant who hides the talent. You multiply them. And God is multiplying what you, you were multiplying. Not just in your secret place, but as, you know, a church. There is increase. 
there is increase in what you were doing. And I, I just see the Lord just giving you strategies in many areas to bring God's kingdom to this place. I, I, you carry this already. You're very strategic. But God is giving you more. You are partnering with God. You are friends of Jesus. And I see you doing greater things. You're already doing them. But again, there is increase. Multiplication. So I just want to release over you the multiplication, the, the mathematics of heaven. You will do greater and impossible things. You will see healings and more healings. Salvations and more salvations. An increase in the prophetic. You will walk even in more authority than you do right now. There is an increase in authority being released here right now for you. So thank you, Jesus, for the favor, for the love, and for the multiplication of the talents in here. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. You guys received that. Why don't you stand, and uh, uh, before I turn it over, I don't know, Tim, are you closing, or who's, someone's closing. Want to give a couple books away. Hey, if you can put slides up of about our ministry and just so people can, uh, by the way, there's my uh, lovely wife, Wendy, and my joy mentor, Buddy, my dog. This is a book called Fully Convinced, The Art of Decision Making. Karina, can you help me with this? Uh, uh, this is a, a great book. I, I, I have a quote in here, a bad decision made in faith has a greater likelihood of success than a good decision made in doubt. I'm not talking about sinning in faith, uh, but it's a principle there. Why don't you give it to a guy named Joe back there? Joe, why don't you wave, uh, wave your hand? Yeah, uh -huh. special friend of my son, Kyle. He's, so he's and family. This is a book called You're Crazy If You Don't Talk to Yourself. <laughs> this validates some people in the room. You're actually okay. Faith comes by hearing. I'm not going to wait for you to tell me who I am. I'm going to tell me who I am. I'm not going to wait for you to tell me what I can do. I'm going to tell me. Uh, God who gives life to the dead by calling those things that do not exist as though they did. Why don't you just find somebody out there? You, that's a, you're a great decision maker, by the way, Karina. And then my wife Wendy's uh, latest book, uh, Changing Your Reality. This, she just put this, a 50-day devotional. Uh, this is a... If you, my wife has got a, a, a great revelation on the Holy Spirit, vic victorious emotions, uh, just the spirit realm. Why don't you give that to my daughter-in-law, Amanda? She's... <laughs> so we got that going on. A couple other slides we'll show you. Um, this is my wife's... Um, 
five-month course that just started the Academy of the Unseen Realm that's online. Uh, maybe you can rotate these through while we're dismissed. And then the last one is I'm doing a mentorship. I like my jacket there. You know, I just, uh, that's just, man, oh, man. I said, who is that guy? Uh, I need Pastor Lynn's motorcycle. I'm doing a four-month leadership mentoring uh, online. It's just starting on January 15th uh, with the eight pillars of leadership that I teach on. And, you know, great leaders have great beliefs, great priorities, and great habits. And and just going after those, the eight pillars of leadership are uh, just inspiring and leading yourself, transformational beliefs, intentionality, uh, healthy relationships, speaking life, faith-filled decision-making, the culture of gladness, uh, and empowering and building big people. So we're, we're going after those things. And so it's like a one to two hours a week on that. Uh, anybody who really wants to, uh, feels that's a season right now to make an investment in your leadership, where we've got some great things happening. If you can't afford anything we do, let us know. Uh, we want to make everybody able to do that. Same way with the book table. If you can't afford a book, just do what you can. And, and we love Valley Church, and we bless you. Thanks so much, uh, Betsy and Karina, for your words. Uh, so good. And we thank the Lord for what he's done today. <laughs>